Hey, everybody, welcome. Uh, this is uh, a podcast with me, Drew, and Ed Zitron, my friend from uh, the West Coast. And, you Hello. know, we've been. Ed's here, right. We've been talking about this uh, for for quite some time, talking about uh, how much everything sucks now. And we said, well, why don't we make a podcast? Because, uh, you know, we both have the tendency to just talk about uh, how much we hate everything. And uh, we figured, hey, why not? Uh, why not just put it out there for people to listen to? Yeah, and a lot of this isn't around what you'd expect it to be. It's not like a oh, these products are useless. It's less about that and more around this idea that just there is a form of hell world being built underneath us or over us in some cases. And the, while we can laugh about dumb shit we don't need, there's also a lot of genuinely grim stuff that is actually having a truly strange effect or negative effect and sometimes positive, I guess, effect on our world. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, I think for me, the point is that humans are, are better than our technology. All this shit we're making, you know, we're creating these abstract layers of apps and, and quantification of reality and all these things. And really people, uh, uh, should be spending more time maybe on a layer of like having empathy with other people, maybe being up close with other people and seeing what look they have on their face and like getting oxytocin from the world. That's like the love chemical, right? That's like the thing you get. I thought it was when, serotonin. Oh, there, well, there's like, there's multiple of these chemicals. I thought oxytocin was the pill. Oh, <laughs> I, well, there, so there's, I don't know. Uh, there's oxytocin. Which is like some, it's like a love chemical. And they, and here's, here's, you know, one of the things that, that I do a lot of research into, which is these products. And one of the things that companies have done is they've taken this hormone, it's called oxytocin, and they've put it in hormones. And they've done this age old technique of saying, hey, here's this cologne you can wear. And, uh, you know, people will, uh, people, whether it's women or men will smell the hormone and get attracted to you because this is this hormone of companionship and love and so forth. And it signals to your brain. Of That's course definitely not worked. I'm assuming. No, no, it doesn't work because I mean, it doesn't pass the blood brain barrier. There's like all these, there's all these other issues biologically of why it doesn't work, but that's just, uh, so it's just another it's just another example of companies taking something like a hormone that's produced endogenously in the body and putting it in a little glass vial and saying, hey, this is forty dollars. This is a hundred dollars, whatever you have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and and really, of course, even even if it did work, you wouldn't get any of the other any of the other joys of like actually talking to somebody face to face, you know, having a conversation. Uh, and, and I'm totally aware that I'm saying this through the internet to my friend that's 3000 miles away here. So, yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, no, I'm not living what I preach. I mean, I'm a monster. I'm online. You oh know, God. Like, I'm a huge hypocrite. Right, I will right. absolutely say people buy too much shit. It's a stupid thing. You shouldn't buy so many things. You shouldn't spend so much time on Twitter all while spending like eight to nine hours online every day buying garbage. Just just complete shit. Like a tiny little laptop I bought. 
I mean, oh, I'll yeah, actually cause... use that shit, but also, look, I don't need that. I have a laptop already. I have another computer. I've got a gaming computer. I don't need it, but I bought it. So, I mean, this is a podcast of fundamentally about judgment and hypocrisy. We yeah. judge and we're hypocrites about what we're judging. Everything we we are preaching, we do not practice. That's good that's start. Abso- that's absolutely correct. And the thing is, and and that's the thing. And you know, we we're talking about this. Uh, you know, uh, there's so many there's so many people out there who are who are squares and going to tell people what to do and all this and all this. Uh, look, I I absolutely like I am an animal when it comes down to it. It's like uh, Ed when you have a kid, and and I know you have a son who's very young. When you have a kid, my my daughter is almost ten now. And from the time she was a baby, I'm like, look, we're we're animals. You got to understand we're animals and we're just responding to stimuli like the smartest person in the world still like gets addicted to cigarettes. And it's because cigarettes are fucking oh, yeah. great. They're fucking they will they will just absolutely destroy your health. And and people hate the smell and all this, but they fucking kick ass. They're so good. Yeah. And I've so, never smoked a cigarette, I should add. Never in my life. I have no idea how they work. Seriously. It's like, uh, it's it's absolutely just a matter of receptors. See, you got all these different right. fucking receptors in your brain, and, and uh, you're triggering one that you don't usually trigger. Like you have... You have caffeine. This triggers your adenosine receptors. You have... Uh, uh, you have uh, some Adderall that triggers your uh, serotonin receptors, right? You have wait. There's uh, Adderall in cigarettes? No. Oh God, I wish. Jesus Christ. I would. Imagine. I would. Yeah. I. That would be so fantastic. That would be fantastic. But so you you trigger all these receptors, and it's awful. But you still love it, and you still want to do it. So it's like clearly it's it cigarettes are basically exactly like Twitter where you're like, fuck, yeah. I got to get off here. And the next thing you do, you close the window and you go. Without even thinking your hand, your mind drives your hand and you go and you reopen Twitter back onto the homepage or whatever your bookmark is set for or whatever. And without even being able to control it, you go back there because you get that little bit of dopamine from it. And it's... Uh, well, that, and that's kind of... That leads into the whole thing we want to talk about today, which is this quantification of everything. Because there is a really... It all started, and everyone makes these sarcastic comments about Farmville, for example. Or at least they've stopped making them now because it was 150 years ago, it feels. Yeah. But <laughs> I remember when Farmville came out, it was like, this is fucking stupid. And everyone was doing it. And they're like, why is this so big? And it was just, uh, I guess it's dopamine. I don't know how a human body works. My body doesn't work. Fat piece of shit. But I remember people were doing it. it. All it was was recreating that little rush you'd get from experience and level ups in a video game. But you'd get it in this thing, in this weird little flash game. Then they did Mafia Wars. And Mafia Wars was before Farmville. And then experience systems that were from really kind of nerdy games suddenly became... And other games, and that was cool. And then they did gamification of stuff, like you complete a profile and something, you go up to 100%, and that was satisfying. But now you've got really bizarre things where you, not just in games, everything is, there is a certain degree of 
online quantifying your entire life. It started with RunKeeper. You put your how long you were running for. Then it was your route. Then it was oh your competitive scores with your friends. And okay, this is fun. This is normal, I guess. Then people right. started doing their workouts online. Then it was that game Photocracy where you'd get experience from working out. But now it's really bizarre. You've got people who post like updates of what movies they've watched. Okay, fine. But then they post all their reviews of every movie they see. Okay, I get it. But then there's just this giant profile we're building of ourselves online and then comparing ourselves to it. And now you've got Twitter adding to that weird pathology by I, everyone posts when a movie comes out, the name in all caps for some reason. I don't really understand that. I will do an entire podcast about not understanding that if I'm not careful, but you've got all of these different activation systems, like a really shitty Manchurian candidate all over. If it's not the social media platforms getting you, it's the recommendation on Apple TV or on your fucking phone or bands in town or whatever. There's always some little niggling pain in the back of your head saying, ah, I got to do some shit. And it's all oh, because yeah. without necessarily knowing on it, we've, put this record of everything online of everything we've quantified everything we do and it's really weird and it's all there all online it's not just the fact that people can go and dig up when you said the n-word on twitter it's if you had an opinion three years ago everything is held as now it's really bizarre everything you've ever done has been laid out online and quantified and you everything is numerical now it's just deeply bizarre forget where i'm going with that one but there you go well no i mean we're talking about twitter and and in its essence twitter is a role twitter is if not a role-playing game i mean it is a role-playing game for a lot of people but it's essentially like a cookie clicker game where you go in and you type shit that you're thinking that is funny or that you want to like send to a bunch of people to aggravate them depending on like what way <laughs> you use it and then you watch the numbers tick up like i uh if you have tweet deck and it won't do this on the web client i don't remember if it does it on mobile or not uh but if you have tweet deck and this is because i have like 19 twitter accounts and all this um but if you have something open on tweet deck the numbers will update automatically as you're sitting there. And so, Ed, I'm I'm like you. I have all my alerts on my phone and on my desktop and everything turned off because otherwise it makes it impossible for me to concentrate. I have concentration problems. Like, as it is, I have these incredibly elaborate techniques that that I undergo just to be able to, like, sit at my desk peacefully for an hour and, like, get an hour's worth of work done. Like, there's this whole routine. Right. And and part of it is turning off the alerts and everything. But if you have TweetDeck open, it ticks up and it shows you the numbers. And this is probably not new to a lot of people. But just having that it is almost like having a, 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 like a, a multiplayer game open and you're like accumulating points by being funny or you're accumulating replies by by being annoying or by saying something controversial and it's yeah. uh and it's, it's it's weird actually it's like imagine if you had a conversation with someone you were having a conversation you were talking to them about something and 
around you, someone was telling you how much they were enjoying it as you spoke. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and, fucking and it's, horrifying. Now that I sit down and think about it, it's yeah. like genuinely like, uncomfortable. Yeah, and and so, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. By the way, lovely. I can hear somebody uh, just hitting the shit out of something. <laughs> that is a nail that, gun. That's a nail gun. Okay, okay. Well, that's uh, that's good. That's less repetitive stress for them because they don't have to use the hammer. But uh, so I was talking to a friend of mine and I was talking about Twitter and I've had conversations with him on the timeline, which is, you know, he'll post something and I'll click reply and say like what I thought about it. And it's not private. It's just a little like, you know, in engaging in very light conversation and, it, and it's not private and it doesn't contain anything private. So I'll put it on there publicly, but only people that can follow both of us can see it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I was having a conversation with him and in some third party jumped in, which always happens. It always happens. Uh, I don't even follow that many people and always somebody will jump in who follows both of us. And, um, he said, uh, he said to me, well, you know, uh, it, it seems like you're having a conversation, uh, with a friend at a restaurant on a patio and somebody walks by on the sidewalk and says something when the reality is that a lot of times online, you will be doing something and and it will be in effect, uh, spoilable, right? You'll be making a joke about something that's not real and somebody will come along and like try to make it real or you'll be having a, a conversation with a friend and somebody else will step in and correct the joke that is the basis they'll correct the factual misunderstanding that is the basis of a joke and so yeah. it's it's more and, like yeah go on. it's more like you're eating outside and somebody throws something at you it's incredibly disrupting and it makes it so you can't really use any of these social media tools in the way that they're intended. So what happens is if you have this chilling effect towards actual social experiences, what happens is the only allowable thing on the platform is really the anti-social experience, which is people, you know, telling you you're wrong, people, uh, you know, aggravating you or, or just the very existence of the reply guy. I'm sure you've heard the term reply guy, right? Well, I thought reply guys were horny. I thought that that was the essence of the reply guy, that they were, it was always a girl who occasionally posts a selfie, which is a whole other quantification, apparently. And the reply guys are the ones who always respond, like, not quite saying, you look good, but saying right. something... Right positive but not positive enough and i mean that or are there now reply guys the people who just sit around fucking waiting for a chance to interject like that is their oh, life I, oh dude i think that the the reply guy maybe in its classic form is like a horny man right but like really yeah really uh the the idea of the reply guy and of course i'm you know the a lot of dudes online are not interacting with me because they're attracted to me and it's like this weird, you know, romantic or sexual. I'd say most of whatever. them are. That's why most, I interacted most, with you. Most <laughs> most of them. Hey, well that's it and that's that's fine. And that's fine if that's it, it and it's very 
you know, of course, there's power dynamics. So being a man, you know, yeah. if a bunch of dudes are like horny to me, I'm like, that's great. That's very flattering because there's no. There's yeah, no that's not a threatening right? thing. Right. Yeah. The right, context exactly. there is not an ear and like a. you'd think, oh, that's quite nice, you know, because I'm a guy and I'm not just constantly threatened online. Like your presence right. isn't threatening. Right, right. Well, uh, and and I'll tell you, so the thing is, is that um, I had heard the term mansplaining, right? And I'm sure you've heard the term mansplaining. And what I figured out is that mansplaining is just when a man is explaining something to you. It could be a reply guy or it could be whoever. Yeah, that's that's it. But I think the context of that is that it's kind of like it's a an unwanted explanation oh yeah yeah exactly that's that's what i'm that's what i'm getting to is uh the the traditional mansplainer is a woman says something and then a man explains it back to her and that's that's obviously you know there's sexism and there's just the idea that you know i know better because i'm a man obviously patently false in many cases um, but it took me really a long time where, you know, I would post something online and, you know, there's a limit to how long you can post. It used to be 140 yeah. characters. And at the same time, there's also the idea that, you know, whenever you post something, you don't necessarily want to tag it with, you, you know, two or three kilobytes of footnotes like David Foster Wallace or something. You want to just post something and it is what it is. And people understand the context and people take what they want from the little nugget of information and they like it or they don't like it or whatever. And um, I realized that uh, men would mansplain to me. They would in and they would have this idea that they had a greater body of knowledge than I do. And they would take the idea that I didn't fully explain what I was talking about, and they would explain the concept back to me that I was talking about. And I realized that this is exactly what what they do to women. Of course, uh, maybe uh, maybe on more topics because of you know the whole idea that a lot of guys have about women and all this and that. But. Uh, so like mansplaining and being a reply guy has has just because of the gamification of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and social media uh, has basically become something that has like bled into the world of men talking to men. I think like it's such yeah. it's it's such a response that is dependent on the platform that I think. You know, look, there there were dudes very patiently and condescendingly explaining stuff to women like since the beginning of time, right? Like, oh, you don't know how to start a fire? Well, I'm a fucking uh, caveman, so of course I know how to start fire. And the woman's like, I know I've been fucking tending the fire for 40 years, and it's like unusual that I've lived this long. And uh, the dude's like, no, I'll start the fire for you. I'm the caveman, right? I mean, this shit is, yeah. is fucking eternal. It's eternal. But uh, I, I, but really I, think I think that what I think that what all of this has done though is you the addition of having the ability to see how successful each and every operation you have online, your replies, your tweets, your everything, 
having oh, yeah, that as yeah. a living record of every conversation you have had on a network and every side conversation you've had too, every single thing being out there and being registered and quantifiable is what's leading people. It It's activating because like you said, this has been happening since dawn of time. It is activating this shittiness, though. It is activating a shittiness in what you do on your own profile, but also how you act to others. So all that this mansplaining is happening because it's both a chance for them to have their industry of being a shitty fucking guy, just doing <laughs> yeah. what they think is good. But also, I think on some level, there's this idea that like, yeah, I'm going to get this right and everyone's going to clap. I'm going to get my treat. Oh, yeah. The treat will come out of the computer. It will go into my mouth. I will have the treat. The treat will be mine, and then I will have one more treat, and then I will exactly. do this again. It's this reward yeah. system for what should not be a reward system. The rewarding part should be the conversation, and that's why I like Twitter. But there's also this side bit where it's like, oh, I like it that lots of people like what I have to say, and they share it, and they think it's funny, and then think I'm funny, and I'm cool. And I think that this just activates so many bad, bad things. It activates these weird little huddles of shitty people on both sides of the political spectrum and inside industries you wouldn't think had it like i i can't remember what it was like chris hardwick that was it so when chris hardwick usually so if you took twitter out of this equation chris hardwick would have done what happened they would have been the medium post about it that skewered him and the news would have just skewered him right and that would have been it now it's, I remember when he got back his TV show, because nothing ever happens to any of these fucking people. There's no responsibility. There's no actual use of these platforms in a way that actually protects anyone. It, he came back, and then I tweeted about him being a piece of shit or something. I don't, I don't really remember. And then, like, 15 people like, yo, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. And they all, like, got together and got mad at me for liking... I think may have been a poster bagging on him. They were like, yeah, you know what? He's innocent. Innocent of what? They couldn't tell me. And they they were all liking each other's posts. And it was very strange that this ongoing log of everything I've said was there, though, because they found like a post of me liking something of his four years ago. I can't even remember what the fuck it yeah. was. Yeah. Maybe that was like two years ago. It was midnight. It's like, duh, well, you don't like him, but you liked Midnight two years ago. It's like, okay, that is not how <laughs> memory works or history works. And it's this crazy... And we Twitter's a really good example because of how bad the platform is because it's pretty much built a reward system around being horrible. But yeah. it's... Facebook does it as well, and it basically blogs have done it. I mean, Joanne Reed got done for, and this one was reasonable, like 10 years ago, basically agreeing with a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. But anyway, that was a that was one. Was it Joanne Reed? Someone did that. Anyway, but this idea that every conversation we've had, you and I and you and other people and I and other people, is there for people to just comb through, not even for bad reasons, just as like, I can, I've had people start arguments with me about posts from five years ago. Oh, yeah. It is yeah, absolutely. maiming our brains. It is rewarding genuinely shitty things, but also rewarding really mediocre things, which I somehow find more offensive, like rewarding writers who write, there was the, actually, here's a really good one. Here's, this one will 
This one pissed me off. It is this writer. I'm not going to name him because I like him as a person. Um, it was about how teens are getting together and saying that they don't want to do class presentations because of anxiety. And the one line in it was saying thousands of teens are getting together and protesting against this. And I really, I, I read it line by line two or three times, despite hating the piece. It's a whole other pathology with me. Just despising the piece. I was like, I must hate this with, with true vigor. And it was basically based on the like three posts had a few thousand likes. When the shoe looks like a fam dog gets like 25,000 likes now. <laughs> and it's yeah. this, this idea that something is important because thousands of teens doing big air quotes find it like liked one thing. It's just this deeply bizarre thing where every everything has to be quantified and understand. There is no mystery to anything. Are teens doing this? Who fucking knows? Speaking to three teenagers who are doing it is not really a story, but there are entire industries now, social media being one of them, where it's about quantifying how teens buy shit. And it's oh, really yeah. bizarre yeah. because like, 15 years ago, this sort of existed, but it didn't. It wasn't all wholly numerical. But now it yeah. is. Everything is. Well, Everything must be understood numerically and analyzed and acted upon. Well, I, I think really what, what the consequences of what you're describing is that ultimately people in, in a race for attention because you physically want attention – if you post, yeah. if you wake up tomorrow, you wake up, you're doing your thing, you you eat an egg, whatever. I don't know what you do in the morning. You you get up, you do your thing. Just one before egg roll. Just a single egg, yeah. And before <laughs> just you get sister, in the car. Right in my mouth. <laughs> before you get in the car, you just hammer out something quick on your phone. You send it. Um, and you drive to work, you're whatever, you're, you're listening to another podcast that's not as good as this one <laughs> whatever and nice. uh, you get to work whatever and you're like oh well i have to pop open twitter because uh, of course because that's our that's our life right i mean yeah uh, you're you're alive and you're smart and you're online so you have to do that that's just where the information is and you well. see that it has let's say you see that it has five thousand six hundred likes let's just make up a number you go holy shit that was good and now this feedback shapes what you write in the future. Now you cannot oh, yeah. control it. You are like, fuck, this was really popular. People really liked this. And it's a positive impulse. This is the thing. All this shit, you know, you know, we're on this fucking essentially white supremacy website run by this guy who loves Nazis and and protects yeah. them at all costs and and kicks off uh, uh kicks off like uh, you the, know left the writer of the good place <laughs> yes yes kicks off prominent left-wing writers because one of them said dung beetle to snooki right it, and you end <laughs> Wait, up really no i'm just i'm making that up but you, you well i know end, branson was kicked off for quote tweeting johnny sun uh yeah. saying minigun spins up uh, yeah, yeah. And that it one's really not... good as well because I like to believe that someone at Twitter seriously thought Branson had a minigun. 
Yeah, he did. Just like mounted on a platform, like outside of outside <laughs> like a warthog. Of Yale. Outside of yeah. uh, uh, Yale, right? Where the- <laughs> while, the, while this guy, while this guy basically types deliberately badly, which I can't really judge anyone for, but in this horrible twee way, and has definitely analyzed exactly what plays. And has oh, I would yeah. love to see yeah, the tweets yeah. he's deleted to like min max being whatever he is. God, I, I, it's such an unreasonable impulse as well. There were like genuine war criminals. I don't think I have this much anger towards, but Johnny's son just like boils my blood. And occasionally I sit back and go, why is that? And then I move on and do something else almost immediately, like being angry at him again. But it's this really weird world where like they are, they're banning. We're basically sitting around on this white supremacist web- website as they ban nobody bad, but then have decided that you've got enough bad points if you say fuck a sucker ding dong to your congressman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's always and it's always it's either speaking truth to power or it's like cursing at power. And I, I, you know, yeah. both of those should be fine. I should be able I should be able to to uh uh exactly I should be able to say, you know, uh uh, big butt to to Sherrod Brown, who's our who's uh, you know one of the guys, uh, one of Your the elected Ohio representative. Senators. Yes, the Ohio senator, and I should be able to say big butt to Rob Portman, who's the, who's the Republican senator in Ohio. Uh, and and just the idea that you can't say this stuff, but then what you are pitched towards is this whole idea where there are these little platitudes where if you're going to post and you're going to post these little platitudes, uh, those are going to do well demographically. Those are, are going to do well in retweets and likes. And, and here's a very interesting study. And if you're listening to this, you know, God bless you, first of all, but second of all, there was a study where they made up uh, these these scientists. I don't know if they were linguists or what they were. They made up these statements that were uh, described by the scientists as bullshit. The scientists literally said, you know, this is a study of bullshit. And if you go, I don't know if it's on PubMed. I don't know if it's Wait, on Wait, what is that? What study it, is this? I'm curious about well, this. Well, it's, stu- it's a study. It's called something like On the Nature of Bullshit. And if you look it up, I think arxiv.org, one of these scientific websites, um, and it is pseudo, uh, pseudo-philosophic statements. And the scientists made up these statements that linguistically have no meaning. And then they, that was their control. And then they had a list of statements that had philosophical meaning, right? Like, uh, yeah. uh, sh- uh, you know, I can't think of any right now. Like, Oh, I'm looking. I looked it you know, up the, because the kind I, had to mute right. the, I had to mute the entire podcast, muted you, then muted myself because I have a mechanical keyboard. But it's stuff like attention and intention of the mechanics of manifestation. That was a that was one of their examples, and yeah, I think yeah. I think you're onto something as well. That it, it's almost they've they've compounded that bullshit into a replicable fish biscuit button. The one from Lost. If you cursed yourself watching that show, and 
the Johnny Sons of the world or the Valor Afshars, the ones who post like success is 50% hard work, 20% luck, 40% jacking off, 10% love, 20% anxiety. <laughs> and these people just, it is this weird thing where it's a combination of the numerical side of social media looking for the retweets and the likes and all that shit, but also the profile building, the long memory that people are really thinking about their entire time. There are those fucking psychos who think about this all the time. The people doing real personal branding who are like, I'm going to say this shit. I'm going to say this shit. I'm going to say this shit. And then people look me up and they'll go, oh, damn, this person's, they got real smart shit. And also those bullshit people who just tweet this all day, people retweeting and quoting and saying, damn, this is good. They are doing that in a, well thought out perhaps not super well thought out plan for making themselves look smarter and it's insanely fucked up yeah and i think that there's strategy that goes into it even if it's not conscious and i mean it it's very sinister to think about you know you know you and i both run businesses online yeah and so there's certainly an incidental level for me there's an incidental level of <laughs> excuse me once every couple weeks i think oh shit i need to like link my coffee mugs i have for sale right <laughs> because you know i've got i've i've got some number of people on my twitter and it's a captive audience and they're there and i can show them the coffee mug and i'll sell five coffee mugs right yeah so you know uh uh there, there is that impulse, but I certainly don't approach it in that manner. And, and, you know, the way I've always approached writing in personal communication is with the idea that you have uh, just a, a medium where you can communicate authentically. And I've been extremely lucky that people uh, overall are are into the stuff I've written over the years. And I mean, Part of it is that I write so much stuff. I'm not really that good. I r- just write a ton of stuff and it's not fucking uh, platitudes is the word I've been trying to think of. It's not platitudes. It's not live, you love, said it. laugh. Right, right. And, and it's, you know, I, I write stuff that I think is funny. Like today I I posted, I, I posted this right before dinner and then I I told my family which was that Clarence Thomas has left a single pube on every single Supreme Court decision he's made since <laughs> since being uh, since being added to the Supreme Court in 1991. And yeah. uh, I assume and that's, that's true. That's not that's not going to sell coffee mugs. Look, nothing I do fucking is going to sell coffee mugs. And this is, uh, you know, this is something we talked about, Ed. I think we talked about this about two years ago. Uh, yeah. There was an app. There was an app that came out. Oh, is this the self-care I'm, app? I'm I'm not going to name any names because, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody <laughs> Chunto, to buy this. Chungus I'm not, Inc. Chunkus, I'm not good. I don't want anybody to buy this app. And conversely, I don't want anybody to get on and defend my honor and go attack somebody. Look, I'm very fucking lucky in in the fact that I really do not care. I'm a complete nihilist as an aside. I really don't care what people say about me, whatever. 
And uh, so I went online and so there's this trend of the idea of self-care, which I just want to say is totally valid. The idea that, hey, you know, you work hard. And, and what I think about is somebody who is, you know, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a construction worker, uh, whether you're a UPS driver, whether you're even somebody who is lucky enough to do the bullshit that a lot of us do, which is which is to work on a fucking computer all day. Sitting on our asses, working on a computer, uh, you know, typing stuff in, reading stuff, looking at stuff, and then somehow paying paying for your house and and paying for Grubhub and all this shit off of it. Yeah. Uh, And that is entirely my spending. Both those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me too. Me too. No, Grubhub. dumplings. Oh, yeah. Dude, I I I'm so glad uh, they don't quantify that, though. Imagine if they gave you a thing that said how much you spent and then broke it down oh. by different foods. Oh my god. Oh, that would be uh that would be like that would be so shameful. I don't know if I would oh, I yeah. just wouldn't eat for a week. No, I would I just wouldn't eat I would again. immediately. I would immediately eat. <laughs> Yeah. I would feel bad. I'd be about like, myself. "Damn, I feel, <laughs> I feel really bad. I'm hungry as well. What do I like? Just eating dumplings while staring at the dumpling counter, watching it increase absolutely. by six dollars. God damn it! Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, uh, so so self care. But to the self care like totally valid. Is- it's a valid idea, right? Yes. The idea, ju- the basic, so encoded, <laughs> so encoded in the words, the idea that you should yeah. take care of yourself in the in the gestalt. You should take care of yourself. It's obvious, right? And that's not what it means, though. Well, sort of. The idea behind it, I remember, like, I've never seen this idea being used purely. So there you go, but. A lot of the use of self-care I see, maybe, all right, let's say a ratio. I would say five to one, it's the bad one versus the good one. Every so often I'll see someone be like, and it's kind of vapid, but like, it's true. They'll be like, ah, practicing self-care and just hearing that sentence makes me angry. But seeing that process of, oh, you know what? I shouldn't feel bad. I ate takeout. That's self-care. I was feeling bad that day. It's fine. Like, that's right, fine. Right. That that makes sense. But it's this weird thing where people have taken it to same way that people, social media only helped here. They've taken, like, anxiety and depression to be, like, positives. Like, they're parts of your, they're parts of your character now, which I think is fucking crazy. Also, you can't oh. say crazy now. That's ableist, apparently. I don't fucking know. But anywho... But basically, people are saying the anxiety and depression are part of who they are, and they are, but they're saying it in like a like a jack, like, I wear this brand. But self-care, oh, yeah. I'll often see just basically as an excuse or like a chance to seek attention. Like, I'm practicing self-care, so I'm going to allow myself to have an extra glass of wine. You know what? If that really is self-care, and fuck it, I've been there, I've been there multiple times this week. Who cares? That's not what I'm going to... Like, why do you think that that is something to post other than the fact that you've been actually rewarded by other people who are using... Kind of using social media to okay their drinking habits? 
Be more secure. Just have that glass of wine. Who gives a shit? I don't fucking care. And it's the more I think about it, the more that self-care is now an excuse thing, but also a chance for friends to have an entire self, like a kind of a self-activation network that, oh yeah, I've seen all these people talking about self-care, so it's okay for me to do this in the name of self-care. And it's usually just something they shouldn't be doing, like spending money they don't have or going out drinking or eating, like ordering food, which is just like, who fucking cares? Just go and do it. Don't bother me with your shit. I mean, I, I drank a gin today. I ate uh, a one like, Nasty, dude. It was like nasty chicken hearts. It was like super spicy. It's not going to be good tomorrow. But like, it. You should. You should do things. You should obviously do things for yourself that are good for yourself. But here is here is the big problem for me with self care is that you know there's all these effects where people say they're doing self care or whatever. But so what happened was was this company, and it's a small company. I'm not targeting any one person. I just want to make it oh, totally yeah. clear. I love that also we the did last... the podcast thing where we went on a huge tangent and I forgot about what we were talking about. <laughs> but there you go. Sorry, keep going. No. No. So so the self-care app, what it does is you have it and it pings your phone and it tells you to drink water and it tells you to take your medications for your and like you said your your depression and anxiety which by the way i i have anxiety i have real anxiety i'm not i i don't have like oh i don't like giving a speech because giving a speech sucks ass nobody likes giving a yeah. speech right and, well no some so people do there that. are times when it's and, there are times that people enjoy it but yeah it's, yeah sure it's weird and also on top of that, this self-care app doesn't actually seem to be doing self-care. It just seems to be no. doing like drinking water and breathing and remembering to eat. Well, shit, that's just called like being alive. Like you got to do it. If you don't do it, then just set reminders in your normal phone. It's free. It's in literally every phone. <laughs> and this is free right now. Is, uh Right. So what I got is um, I I got dogpiled. And this is the term for when, you know, you say something and then a bunch of people um, in this case got sicked on me. S.I.C. it in the manner of a dog, in the manner of like a junkyard dog. They you know, there was a ringleader and they basically said, hey, this guy, uh, this guy fucking doesn't like it when people are healthy which is a total woman. obvious no, they they total they they said woman lie. it was did they, they did is, they made they made sure uh, saw a group of people like, hates woman it's like oh god you, you did not oh, is that <laughs> i don't what, think you could oh is that yep. what they said about see oh well my some god. people see, said I, that dude, all, i didn't yeah look i didn't okay let me tell you something about this so uh, i am entirely egalitarian even before my daughter was born even before uh i married my my wife who is an incredibly intelligent person who uh who has has been awesome in you know communicating to me you know the unique challenges and just the fucking way people talk to you when you're a woman and my mom who's who's turning in about a month my mom is turning uh uh 75 years old and right. uh, 
she she had an incredibly challenged life. She grew up without without any money at all. Uh, absolutely, just worked her ass off her whole life. And her thing was that she didn't want to be a housewife. So she worked yeah. her ass off. She finished her, she got her bachelor's degree in three years. And so I have always grown up around strong women and I have always liked strong women. And I have always considered uh, uh, women to be equal to men intellectually and in, in the sense of, you know, living in a society. All that aside, I once got called sexist because I posted on my blog and I made a joke that crotchless panties had a hole in them so you could poop out of them without taking your <laughs> underwear off. And I got dogpiled by people who said that I I was sexist and that I was a, a virgin and uh, that I that I hated women. How? Yes. People literally said How, this. Wait, wait, wait. I'd understand if you said it's a thing for woman to shit out of. No, like, I, I get it. It's got just panties, so it's like fine. No, I but think like, I even, dude. I even, I even think I said it's is just for people because I don't care who. Jesus, right? I don't care who wears it. But uh, <sighs> so that was so that was sexist. So you know, there's a certain idea where if you if you go out looking for a fight. You can always find one. Oh and, yeah, and so, I I have um, logged on so to Twitter. I, I will admit, specifically with that, like I will look for something, and I've I've got very much. You talk about self care. This is natural self care thing. When I felt like oh, I want to fuck someone up, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna find someone a fucking some PR guy saying some shit that's boring. I'm gonna get mad at them because I'm in a bad mood, and I've just <laughs> learned to go and do something else at that time. That's actual self care because I'm actually trying to avoid putting myself through yet another fucking just just painful series of events that makes me feel worse and more angry and reward stop rewarding myself from actually for, for rewarding myself for actually doing bad things but anyway this app though is really indicative of how bad all of this is that there is a reward online for talking about doing like basically i remembered to go duty i remembered to breathe i remembered to drink water and I remember a lot of this, specifically this app, but this still happens there. It's not just this app. Like, things like drinking a glass of water or eating, what's confusing me about that, and I have crippling anxiety, and I must be clear, I'm not saying this for fucking attention or whatever. I don't care. I, do, I would rather not know. I'll talk about it if I think it's going to help someone, or in this case, make a very narrow point. So, in the case of anxiety, I don't know about yours, but I can't eat. I can't drink water. Like, I, if I got a reminder saying I didn't drink water, it would make me more anxious. Be like, great, I'm behind oh, on my water now. On top of all this other, like all these wild ideas I have about how everything's going to hell, because that's generally how my anxiety oh, yeah. works. I just, yeah. I, I have like a spreadsheet of all our revenue, and I just stop deleting random clients, being like, what if this happens? What if this happens? It's like, oh, cool, that is anxiety. It's just. And that is the constant thing. But I feel like this app and the people talking about self-care, there is a degree of just complete misunderstanding of it. It's just how it's about using 
almost using your own mental things, just shit you don't do, I guess, as a kind of personal branding almost. It is personal branding. It's like I'm a caring person, and that's why I created an app to tell me to do crap because uh, now I've got crap ass. And I like I do this so that other people c- who also forget to drink water do- because the stress, it's like this, I don't think that's how the human brain works or the human body. But then you've got people, and I did look this up just now. I looked up self-care on Twitter. Self-care is not just yeah. putting on a face yeah. mask and avoiding shit. It's also calling yourself out on your own shitty behaviors and trying to be a better person, all caps. And that one's great because of a few things. One just isn't what self-care is. Self-care is just looking after yourself so your fucking body and mind doesn't go to shit. That's it. That's what it is. It's not It's not a fucking identity thing. But it's also like calling yourself out on your shitty behaviors and trying to be a better person. No, that's just being a better person. It's this weird thing. Why do I have to codify every fucking action I have? I don't want to do that. I think that the reason that I even can stand to it still is I don't totally obsess over the likes and retweets. I do. Anyone who claims they don't at all care about it, I just don't believe. Or they're super famous, like have oh, 5 yeah. million followers. Yeah. But there is, it's like, I don't know what works. I will post something that I think is fucking hilarious and no one will like it. Then I'll post like, oh like yesterday, I found someone tweeted out, I screenshotted it, I, someone tweeted something like, I love going on Twitter and reading the intelligent points of view, and I quote tweeted, Taylor, Tupac Jurex, saying, fuck a sucker, ding dong, immediately retweeted by LP, my favorite rapper, like 600 people retweeted it. I made that shit. I made that shit up in like two seconds. I was like, huh, kind of funny, I guess. Let's put it on. And that, then everyone liked it. Like, I don't get what works. And I think that that's way more enjoyable than the people who have boiled it down to this weird essence. And this weird, they found their thing that they do. And the thing that they do, and there's something really gross, I think. I don't actually think it's the person who did this app. I think that person was... I think there's a naivety there. I think the people who are doing, like, the Johnny Sons of the world who have absolutely found a way to make it fucking profitable or dog rates or dog rates, oh, if you God. want to pronounce yeah. it properly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've they uh. turned it into this thing of how can I basically itemize and turn people's likes into cash i've got it i'll play on their depression and their anxiety make them feel wanted and then monetize that or in the case of dog rates i will play on the very bizarre thing oh god i have something to get to with dogs in a sec but the very bizarre pathology around dogs on the internet you ever notice that just the fucking way that people act and it's like heckin puppers are so good and the guy in interviews is like oh i do it for positivity no you prick you steal people's photos and pay them nothing so you can make millions. Yeah, yeah. And that's like very, that's like almost a codified way of of engaging people on social media is to just aggregate everybody else's good stuff and then and then post it. And, and you know, the the thing is, is that if you're genuinely interacting with people, you have to have the idea that you are going to share something and people aren't going to like it. And, you know, 
I've I've told the joke. My my family is very small. I have a wife and a daughter. I've told the joke to my family, and my daughter didn't get it, and my wife got it, but didn't think it's funny. And that's every day. And that's just that's just life. The thing is, is that these these folks like to boil everything down to a formula, and the formula is only funny if. You're the kind of person who likes to turn on the TV and see like a different episode of the same setup every day. And that's, which is fine. That's fine. That's fine. But it's like for folks like us and presumably the people who listen to this, it it's not OK. And I'll, I'll tell you what really bothers me about this whole commodification of mental illness is that, yeah. you know, the. The whole idea that you're going to take uh, depression or anxiety and you're just going to turn it into this little thing. And it's funny. It's not fucking funny. Like, no. It's really dire. And it's fine. Honestly, to me, like it. it I mean, I'm almost 40 years old. It, it. There are so many people struggling with this shit. And, you know, if you. If you actually have depression, if you actually have anxiety, it's which I believe these people do. I want to. I want to add that. Phone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, but but you, no. It's like if your if your phone buzzes or if you read some kind of platitude, it, it's you know this is so this is like a a fucking. You wake up every day and it's like you're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon and you're like, well, if I could just walk up to the top, then I would like feel better and I wouldn't feel nervous or I wouldn't just feel so completely crushed all the time. And the truth of the matter is, and that these motherfuckers don't want to talk about is that depression is, is not just something that is fatal Okay, people die of depression, but here's the truth of the matter, is that when you have mental illness, it lies to you. Your depression yeah. lies to you every day about everything and colors everything you see. You, If you have depression and you see a fucking great dog, you're not going to be not depressed. So this is what the self-care thing completely evades. And what yeah. the self-care thing it is doing to me is it is abusive toward people who have whether they have they have low grade or they have profound depression if they have generalized anxiety let's say they might even have PTSD let's say they have you know borderline or let's say they have all kinds uh, of different disparate mental problems that are fucking legitimate that interfere with their ability to live their lives and to be satisfied, not happy, live their lives and be satisfied and be a whole person, which is fucking, you know, largely imaginary. But but obviously, you know, if you've ever had anything, depression, anxiety, whatever, you, you know, just you, you have this idea in your mind that you could be somebody else who's better, right? And this fucking idea where you're going to get this app and you're going to crowdfund this fucking app and this app is going to make you not depressed is fucking predatory. And here's yeah. the thing. 
this person lies to you and tells you that if you fucking click the box and you drink water, that you're not going to be depressed anymore. And then you do it and you're still depressed. Do you know what that does? Do you, do you know, just, you know, if you're fucking, if you have chronic profound depression and you have just let down after let down, that may be the day. You know what I'm saying? I'm not being melodramatic. Yeah. I'm being fucking serious. The people that have these well, I mean, magnitude of problems, and they're all around us, you have one thing that fucking pushes you over the edge, and you're mentally unwell. And that is yeah. it. And it's not funny. And it's not funny. And then I get fucking, you know, I say, you know, you or I want to make fun of somebody preying on mentally ill people. Look, yeah. if you go down, if you go down to uh, uh, to the mental hospital and you go and you check yourself in and you wander around the day room and you sell oh, it's shit fucking grim. People, you're 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 fucking you're a fucking predator. OK. And, and, and I think on, on a low grade way as well, yeah. there's this idea of. And there's this weird idea of it as well that people are... Or I'm seeing it a little bit. And I, I also want to clarify something that I know you think. I just want to say it because... I, and again, this is because there's record of fucking everything. It's called recording a podcast. But there are lots of people who do actually have like depression or serious anxiety, what have you, who genuinely may be helped by this. And they, well, they, they may seek help online and feel better seeing one thing. But the problem is this indication, and it really is an indication to the people who aren't depressed or anything like that, who just want to feel good and seem like they feel they care about other people being happy. It's the people who post like Lynn Manuel Hamilton, who post fucking like, hey, just saying someone out there loves you. Let me be fucking clear. I want to be really fucking clear about this. I do not know a single person who's ever had suicidal thoughts or has literally been ready to kill themselves. And I know a few, me being one of them, who has read something like that and gone, oh, you know what, Lin-Manuel Miranda likes me. Or, oh, I saw a fucking heckin' papa. That saved someone's <laughs> life. That's what fucking gets me. It's these people who act like, you know what, these, these things, they just get me through the day. It's like, sure... But there's two reasons why that's weird. One, how big is your problem if it's solved by a dog? Also, what is wrong with you? Just wonder. I just truly wonder, like, if I, I see a dog, I see a picture, I see my own fucking dog. I mean, my own dog, sure, I'll feel a bit better. But if some shit's happened at work, I'm not going to feel better if I see someone's fucking dog or my own dog. But fine. I get the people who truly might, they may feel better. But this idea, and I've read bits and pieces of people saying that dogs online helps, it helps add, it hits serotonin receptors or some shit like that. Positive reinforcement for going online. I just don't believe it's true. And I think that the sharing of this stuff, the sharing of this really kind of sanguine bullshit, this weird over positive that someone out there loves you, be kind today. All of it is just it exists to make them look good, but also give people the ability to pretend and act like they pretend and create a running log of how much they care about shit so that people can think better of them versus any of the stuff that actually truly helps. Like World Suicide Prevention Day was the other day, and that was a weird fucking day for me. 
not necessarily because of like anything that happened to me, just watching even people I really respected who were like, reach out to anyone you love this day, blah, 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 blah. And you will, you just, just check in on your friend. Guess what? Real, like the people I've known who commit suicide, I'm a good self. You want to keep it to yourself. So no one fucks it up by stopping you killing yourself. That's my experience. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But there are a lot of people talking about, I saw someone who got a tattoo of something. I can't remember what it was. They got a tattoo to show that they've helped someone not commit suicide. And that kind of shit is just, it is, it's this weird thing where people are appropriating mental health issues and it, and then these same people then judge like tech crunch and not tech crunch, like tech companies who have done this, who've like taken advantage and say they care about mental health. They're the same people who judge them, but it's weird how people have taken mental health and turned it into like a commodity, a commodity that they can use to brand themselves as caring, a commodity that they can use to positively frame themselves with other people and so that they can as well be like oh yeah folks just being serious for a second yeah and then they can talk about this shit that they don't care about yeah yeah and and it's like it in between you know the the company you know in between hiring and and keeping somebody who who just makes you feel like shit every day whether it's your manager your coworker, or whatever uh you know these companies in 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 the case of let's say amazon like making people urinate in bottles on the warehouse floor and like yeah not giving them benefits and then having the temerity to post and say hey you know go hug your friend today well i fucking couldn't because i was at work they killed themselves they're dead now right and had i tried had i tried to do that they probably would have hugged me back and claimed nothing was wrong like that's oh yeah the horrible horrible truth well it and it's just boiling down and it's and it's taking this kind of stuff in and it's so fucked up and nobody is ever going to admit this is the case but it's honestly it's taking this stuff and just like you said appropriating it and turning it around to make money off of it and yeah. just the fact that somebody crowdfunded $40,000 which it you know I, I just said Amazon 30 seconds ago. Amazon is worth what 100 115 billion. It changes No, they're worth a trillion dollars. Billions. Oh, a trillion dollars. Okay. We'll see. Yep. I don't even fucking after a certain point, I don't even know cuz it's not real, right? But so, you know, you crowdfund 40,000 bucks, that's nothing, but you you've made, you know, and that's a nice car. I mean, to me, that's a nice car. You get 40,000 bucks, you can go buy a nice car. No yeah. payments. You pay cash for the car. And you're going to do that based on other people just feeling horrible and not just feeling horrible, just having a sense of of dread and uselessness and just physically feeling weighted down 24 hours a day where you wake up in the morning and you feel like you can't even fucking move. And there's somebody out there that says, well, maybe you should drink a glass of water. And then if you fucking criticize that person, they're going to use the idea of being positive. They're going to use that same idea of mental health and say, hey, this guy over here, 
He's sexist and he doesn't want people to be healthy. Go tell him what you think. And you know what the funniest, you know what the silver lining is. Because I told you, I said, if we fucking do this podcast, we can't just be negative, right? No. I said, we can't just be negative because we fucking hate everything and everything sucks so much. We can't just be negative. Here's the silver lining. These people shared this. There was this girl rapper, and I'm saying girl because she's like 20 years old. I'm not being diminutive towards a a woman in the arts, okay? The girl rapper, there's like whoever else. There's there's all these whiny beard dudes who were like, I agree with self-care and all this. All these guys, all these guys, and it got retweeted and attacked, and I got attacked, and I got added to these block lists, and, and people canceled their Patreon because they said, you attacked friends of mine and and x y and z and i got like five or six hundred more twitter followers off of it because i guess people saw my my original joke which was which was if anybody missed it i'm sure you did i don't expect you guys to to read everything or even anything i make but uh it originally said hi everybody uh this is drew's wife uh, I just wanted to post and say he died of crap ass because uh, he ignored his self-care app, which told him to crap. That was it. Yeah. That was what caused all of this. And this threatened somebody who was making money hand over fist. And that's why. There's also, pain. that's the whole reason. If you ever see someone yeah, explode yeah. like that, the one piece of advice I always give people when they're like, oh, yeah, this person dogpiled me. I always say, take a second, think about it. Think about how much, like, how did you cost them? How did you cost right, them something? In right. that case, you cost them, you basically were costing them, I don't know, a potential, because the funny thing is that app has no business model, and there's a long story that I won't go into. I, yeah. <laughs> but basically, the you, there's always something where you're caught, like the Branson thing with Johnny's son. That is right, so right. fucking terror. Like the level at which Johnny's son is operating is crazy. He got him banned in like a minute by just mass reporting. He has like a direct line to Twitter, I guess. And the reason that that is, is he has the book where it's like, basically he has codified dyslexia, like really bad, like mo- like a re- like basically someone typing with some sort of mental problem. Like that is what I have come down the was what I've realized with that guy and fine whatever I don't give a yeah, shit yeah but I also do on a really unrealistic level but he has found a way excuse me has found a way where he is protecting his twee meaningless garbage because it does affect his bottom line if there are enough detractors someone might think I won't buy life's tough when you're enabled able, whatever the f- fucking thing is called like someone might attack that profit source we rate dogs same fucking deal you know what's funny is i don't see the uh, the owner of grumpy cat getting quite so aggressive and i kind of respect that it's like oh yeah i've called my cat tard but i'm like it's tard our source but when like hundreds of people uh call when hundreds of people call them out they just ignore it because they're like they've made millions of dollars off their fucking cat who is gonna die painfully and probably has a horrible life like has a genuine defect and it's really weird because so much of that 
I get, and there is a level of, you know what, if someone bags on me, I might quote to it. I might screenshot it. It's funny. Fine. But the aggressive side of it, because if you think about if that person in question, but a lot of people do this with the, with this self-care stuff. If anyone gets called out for it, they go, well, look at this guy. He's doing his thing. You have to wonder if you really subscribe to that self-care thing, would you, wouldn't you not, wouldn't you not want to cause them to have anti-self-care? Is self-care for you <laughs> aggressively eliminating any source? Not ignoring, not turning away from, but eliminating any source of negativity, attacking that which is hurting you. Like, is it is that what self is self-care just about basically having a large enough squad to fucking mobilize against people you don't like what's what's the deal there what are you what are you getting what is your goal there or it's just money it's just money or it's popularity never forget that there is also the perhaps there's not a dollar amount you might be costing them there's just a cost center of popularity or their brand or their whatever the fuck they care about and it's so weird, but also, I do believe that there is a level of this internet, this internet psychology almost that people will learn, that they will learn from reading, that they will give themselves a form of depression by reading too much online and just they learn that something is bad, doesn't, didn't necessarily affect them originally, but now. They've read it being bad enough times. It's bad. Like the person I saw tweet something along the lines of uh, shout out to all the good dads, blah, 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 because I can't handle the I can't handle the bedtime routine because of all the news I read. Like and deep (laughs) down, the fucked up thing is I think that person genuinely cannot handle life. Because they read yeah, too much yeah, probably. stuff. Like they read Trump is bad enough times. And maybe that that's what's happened by being around enough craven fucking shitheads who have like the Krasensteins or the Johnny Sons of the world who have really monetized basically a form of fear, a form of ganging up on people. Oh, yeah. Exactly the yeah. same freakish kind of attacks on people. You know what? Fine. Attack Donald Trump all day. God bless. But don't monetize it so fucking cravenly. Don't attack people for making fun of your shirtless... Was it Robert Mueller? Miller? Never really learned how you pronounce that. <laughs> that word, that name. It's not. It's a name, not a word. I, I, but think, it's, I think it's somewhere in the middle, yeah. Miller yeah, time. But- I, yeah. I think it's like I think it's like Mueller. It's like not it's not quite what it looks like. I think it's anyway. It it doesn't matter because you know when you got these guys that are essentially they're they're trying to brand themselves as being like cool and they're trying to brand themselves. All these resistance people are trying to brand themselves as freedom fighters, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, they're cop suckers, dude. I yeah. mean, 
going online and posting a hundred times that you fucking love Robert Mueller and you love the FBI. Like, dude, those are cops. Like, you fucking, you want to go online and you want to post literally, I love authority? Like, feel free, but you're not a freedom fighter. No. And you're not, uh, and you're not, you're not a rebel in any sense, and you're not challenging anybody. You're going out and you're like, 1-800, I fucking respect the cops. 1-800-COPS.COM. Okay, I have to interrupt for some reason, because online also, the, the weird reward psychology of I'm going to have this pathology right now because it's popular and people will like and retweet my post because of that. For me at the moment, the one that's really bothering is everything must be taken seriously and must be analyzed. So I know this kind of goes against what you just said, but I love cops. No, not really. But the discussion, (laughs) the vacuous, stupid painful discussion at the moment about spider-man and cops is fucking the spider-man video game came out and everyone's like it's too positive about cops it's like if you're looking for your deep-seated anti-authoritarian thing and like people like i just wish that there was a way that i could like save a cat from a tree actual i'm paraphrasing someone saying that but really they said that i wish i could just save a cat for a tree or do something doesn't involve fighting don't fucking it's spider-man and it's just, and people want everything to be analyzed and discussed as a political object. Spider-Man with the cops thing is great as well, because people are like, yeah, well, why is he always good to the cops? Because that cop was good to him, and he's a symbol of authority, of, of like, the good guys. And it's a fucking black and white world. It's Spider-Man. And then, I just, this popped up, I had my feet open, I was trying to ignore it, and I guess, like, my, my horrible brain saw something. And I quote... I really enjoy Animal Crossing, but boy, is that an entire game about permanent indentured servitude and debt prisons. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I mean... Oh, my God. It, it, I guess it's one, ripe. It's very it's very funny to say that. And I... Uh, my, but that's my not a joke. take on Animal Crossing... No, it what? No, no, they're being very serious. And and I posted as a joke, dude, uh, a while ago. I posted, you know, all the animals. I I posted a tweet or something, and I said, you know, uh, Hank and Julian and <laughs> and Phoebe and all the animals from Animal Crossing get together, and they execute Tom Nook, only to find that there will always be another Tom Nook, like. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's not. It's not, it, it's not serious. Like take. Like okay. So the point of Animal Crossing is to fucking engage your dopamine by letting you collect little items and decorate yeah. your house. Like, and I agree with you that the idea of taking every uh, of taking these things that are essentially diversions and just micro analyzing them and this is this is like you know you could you could dive in you could spend a thousand hours talking about how bad gamers are because they are they're terrible yeah. and the gamer mentality has has poisoned like an entire generation of young men which is neither here nor there but diving in you could say that this thing is a this thing that really exists as a diversion and you know what? I I got the last Animal Crossing. I played it with my family. We had fun. Tom Nook is an artificial constraint. Okay, you know I. He's a he's Tom a Nook he, is, not, he's a he's a raccoon, right? 
He's an he, yeah, he's a raccoon in the joke. So he's a there. raccoon who owns a shop, and then you you pay him the in-game currency, and you just you just that's it. And I think the yeah yeah, but that maybe that's my problem that I just like there are some things I don't take particularly, and I'm not looking to for a deep criticism of anything. And maybe that's it. I think all of this still comes back to this idea where everything is, it's held, memorized, and analyzed. Everything is at some point. And it's bizarre that everything has to be. And I think it is this ultimate ultra online world. But you take it a step further, it's like, what the fucking fuck? Uh, what am I doing? Like, why. People are rewarded clearly for having these ultra judgmental and dogmatic discussions about what is otherwise a pretty fucking innocuous thing. Like, who cares? Really, who gives a shit about fucking yeah, yeah. Tom Nook? And you know what? It's a you can make a joke. I I love the idea of taking of jokerly taking ultra serious criticism and applying it to something not oh, serious. Yeah. But yeah. when you start actually like doing that seriously, which is happening. And it's happening because there is the reward system of likes and retweets and people are getting popular for it. You're getting into this world where everything is just ultimately overanalyzed and everything is painful. You have to watch everything you do. It used to be, and the natural endpoint of a lot of this is that now you have to watch everything you say online, which I think there is a net good to that on some level. You can't just be, well, actually, I say that about Twitter. You can just be a racist. You can't be a racist if everyone you yeah. know isn't racist, but you can just be a racist right, if you right, want. Right. But there is a judgment system, which yeah. is good, which is, okay, if this guy who claims to be a decent person actually is going out there screaming the N-word and such, eh, fuck him. What a piece of shit. I'm glad, he's, I'm glad he sucks. Fine. Gone. That's good. Then it's, okay, well, everything you say is analyzed. So if you say your self-care app didn't tell you to do crap, so you died a crap ass, you are now... At the very least, again, you are anti-mental health. How? I don't know, but you right, are. Right, right, And now it's, if you don't apply the necessary amount of criticism to everything you do based on the numerology of online, you are a bad person. If you played Spider-Man and just enjoying kicking bad guy in the face, you are a, you, you rube, you fucking idiot, you shithead, you're a bad person. You need to judge that. Um... It's happened with I, music I quite a the, lot as well. With like, like finding yeah. out that artists you like are bad. It's like this Louis C.K. thing. Great example. Like horrible piece of shit. Like he is. You apparent. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to find him funny though. Like, is that meant to discolor well, everything? Well, so this is. Uh, I'm, I'm I not think, sure. So I so I talked about I talked about this uh, uh, recently uh, with a friend of mine last night. Very right. lightly, not not at length, but I I basically because we were talking about Norm McDonald and you know Norm, uh you know Saturday Night Live guy. Not that I like SNL, but he was there on was, SNL. There were moments. He was, he was fun, and the Norm yeah, show was, he was great. Funny here and there. The Norm show was making Pokemon I, jokes for everyone. Anyway, not part of, not part of the conversation. Ed. I I did not I did not really watch. I I'm gonna I I'll admit i'm totally ignorant of the norm show how fucking dare you i've 
I know, I know, right? So I've heard, but I've heard a lot of his stuff. I've seen his stand up and it's been funny and all this. And he came out and Norm is coming out and defending uh, Louis C.K. And he's saying, well, you know, I think, and this is Norm, these are Norm's words, not mine. He said, I think Me Too has gone too far. And, you know, the victims, and I I imagine him putting the air quotes around the word victims, the victims, yeah. which I'll, I'll remind you are in in the case of of Roseanne, you know, she was incredibly racist and anti-Semitic. Yeah. And in the case of Louis C.K., you know, he basically uh, uh, sexually harassed and he masturbated in front of a woman numerous, which is truly disgusting yeah new but it was numerous women it was like a pattern yeah. like oh, wait, you don't oh. just do that you don't I thought just it was do like that one. once right not that one isn't bad uh, but i literally just thought it was one jesus yeah. christ no no it Ugh. was like that's his that was his reportedly that was his whole thing to the extent that i understand it uh, why is that anyway, your thing? I so don't he, understand that so he was saying I, I don't, I've always found jacking either, off being like saying, a real personal thing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not to get too deep into the mechanics of it. <laughs> but but so uh so Norm was like, hey, it's no big deal. And you know, the victims didn't you know, the victims didn't have their careers taken away, which they did. Yeah. Because women in comedy can't work in comedy because Louis C.K. is their boss or Louis C.K. has all this influence and all this. Um, and I basically I I remember my visceral response to that was, you know, fuck Norm McDonald. Like, how can you have that little sympathy for people? And and at the root of it, it's that whether, you know, you're like me and and you have like clawed your way and and had many 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 lucky breaks okay and i'm not famous and i'm not popular i have like a a decent audience online i have people that like my work i i was very lucky that i had the opportunity to make my work and that you know the stuff that i want to make connects with an audience and x y and z i'm very lucky and all this uh the idea that you got so lucky that you got fucking famous and you got multiple TV shows yeah. and that you had all this good shit happen to you and you can't fucking sympathize with some with some woman who can't escape a, a dude who is a, a, a dude who is masturbating at you. OK, you can't have any sympathy for her. Then you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. OK. And going back and going back. You know, if I see a clip and it's Norm McDonald and he makes jokes and he makes jokes uh, that are not about, gee, how funny it is when women get molested. Like, are the jokes themselves funny? Yes. Am I going to give Norm McDonald any money or any no. attention or ever speak positively of him again? Absolutely not. But uh, uh, my my friend and, and I'm sure he's playing devil's advocate, but he said, you know, do you, are you going to boycott him because of this and I said why well, you know I I don't think boycott is the right word because I've never given Norm McDonald any money uh, yeah. in, in the first place um but a- am I gonna like not look at am I not gonna watch his comedy specials or whatever like it and it doesn't matter because I would torrent them because I don't give a shit yeah. about fucking rich Canadians you know what I'm saying I don't give a shit about people I'm a fucking nihilist Okay, I I don't believe that anything matters, but I think you should fucking treat women with respect. I think you should treat normal people with respect. And I think uh, I think you should 
I think you should not let your search for money, which is, which is, you know, if you're fucking privileged enough, okay? And, and, and think about this. All the dudes you know online who are like online, Johnny's son, uh, dog rates, uh, uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, Will Wheaton, like all these fucking Chris Hardwick, all these guys, Louis C.K., Norm MacDonald, they're all these, these dudes that come from privilege, they have money, they did all this stuff, whatever. Don't criticize me if I'm wrong. I don't give a shit. I'm a nihilist, right? Maybe I didn't yeah. get their personal details right. I don't give a shit. Anyway, but so these people had all of these lucky breaks and they turn around and they're fucking shitty to people. Yeah. That is never gonna work for me. And you know, some people may be able to ignore it. Some people may be able to say, oh, Norm was just being ironic. He was just being funny, whatever. And the bottom line is that if you take all of the lucky breaks that the world has given you and you are not able to turn that into something positive for other people, then you're a fucking turd. And the thing is, is that all the shit I've made, all the mugs, you know, I've sold, I, you know, I've sold a thousand mugs. I'm not a mug genius, right? But well, I, I, I sell, dude, I, yeah, I might be a mug genius, but look. You are the mug genius. <laughs> like, that's what I'm getting at. Like, that's, didn't want to let you go without. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I so I may be the mug genius, but look, you have to bring something positive to the world or you're just fucking taking from the world. And if you dive into the world and you're like, wow, depression is hot right now. I'm going to make a depression app. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I, I, wow, you know, dogs are great. So I'm going to codify this language of saying S-M-O-L, small pupper, uh. pupper, 12 out of 10. I'm going to codify this and I'm going to turn this into an income stream and people like it. But people, here's what those motherfuckers don't get. People don't like it. People like ish, right? Yeah. They like ish. They think it's all right. They think it exists and it's fine, right? You guys are never going to get the actual sensation you get from thinking of a new idea and presenting it to people and thinking of a new idea and presenting it in such a way that people are genuinely happy about it and people yeah. genuinely laugh. And this is what they're missing. They are so focused on optimizing everything they do. And just like you said, they're, they're concentrating everything down into these little intentional misspellings and X, Y, and Z, and they're missing the, tr the true joy of connecting to people. And, you know, I'm not going to optimize what I do. I, I can't, I can't do you know, it. go through and do the data. I can't do the data analysis and, like, come up with, like, something to repeat but over You know and over what, while. though? It's interesting. My point I was trying to get at is it's interesting how online has become a degree of judgment. It's like judgment likes. Like there is there is shit you can't let positive or negative. It has turned into this thing where Louis C.K., for example, I it's I almost feel guilty. I like saw a, a YouTube of one of his things the other day and laughed and I felt bad because I was like, oh, that was funny. Oh, no, but he's bad now. 
And it's fucking crazy how so much of what we're doing has it what like oh that's it this does all connect together if you think about someone like louis ck for example and chris hubwick they believe that their own success allowed them to do shit it gave them the power and the excuse to do what they wanted when they wanted it same with the self-care person self-care person thought well, this person said a bad thing about mental health and i'm out here fighting the good fight for the mental health so i can fucking bring the shit to them. There is a degree now that we're seeing that kind of all this bad shit. The me too thing is, I think it's so good because it is just like, finally, like the day has come. It is the equalizer. All these people are, they're fucked now and they're not fucked because of the me too movement. Cause that's a really convenient and easy way to say like, Oh, it's a movement that did it to me. Not the fact that I did the action or anything. But now you're starting to right, slowly right. see this version of it where we are where the mostly good but some bad of seeing everything and logging and everything being you having to be responsible for what you do and what you have done is the good side is you're seeing people like people who could have escaped it, people like Chris Hardwick. People like Louis C.K., they could have escaped it, but the media and the spread of social media and the logging of everything you've done, the jokes you have made, like the the one with that word beginning with F that you don't say about gay people that was very popular and then stopped being popular suddenly, probably because it was bad. Hasn't been, he hasn't been attacked for that one in a while, which is weird. It's almost as if people were just mad at one oh, thing. Wow. Can't, th- can't think of two things, is but that, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He uses no, it. He no, uses it basically. It's like a, it's basically. A Louis C.K. version of Chris Rock's N-word sketch. Uh, sorry, N-word bit. Oh, Except no. Chris Rock's one is like a soci- It's a societal thing. And yeah. Louis C.K.'s thing is, this word, I used it for a different reason. That's it. Like, that's that's the joke. Oh, but anyway, no. the large... The, no. the, we're I, seeing I the, the Me Too like movement is the execution against those who have let fame get to their head both heads and it's great what is interesting now is beyond me too as in you're getting called out for things which aren't just the pretty large-scale patriarchy that existed for since things were things is you are now seeing the judge jury and executioner of social media being used against everyone not necessarily discriminately, even. James Gunn being the one I'm talking about, where it was kind of a shitty joke. Should he have lost literally Guardians of the Galaxy entirely for it? I don't know. Doesn't really seem like that was the point of what he was doing. But again, it's like if that offended someone, it did. But it wasn't the people who actually hurt or offended who went against him. It was a bunch of Nazis who shouldn't have been able to post anyway. And that is the annoying... Okay, yeah. But that is maybe that's good if that's the cost of the social quantification that allows us to just fuck over people like Chris Hardwick. Oh, wait, that actually didn't fuck over Chris Hardwick. (laughs) This is the crazy thing, though. The society police that exists seems very good at it's it's weird. We record everything. We pick and choose when we remember it. But with Chris Hardwick, because another shiny object came around, there's not actually that much responsibility he got his show back he's fine louis ck is fine right right. he's still getting booked he's gonna get yeah he'll get like more shit he's not lost anything and that's the crazy thing like on one hand this is all the people actually who get attacked online 
who really get harassed online, who have quantifiably had their awfulness put to everyone, they don't seem to actually be punished for what they've done. It just seems to be the crap-ass people, the people who... The people who are just, like, making a joke. Well, it's very bizarre. It's bizarre how fleeting you, the evaluation of good and bad is online. Well, you know you know what I think, and I, I've thought about this before, in that, you know, there's an endless gulf of, of MAGA people. M-A-G-A, right? There's just an endless gulf of people who are like, I'm Patriots, I'm Gunman, I am uh, Deplorable Kathy... I am deplorable Kathy 68. You know what I'm saying? Just this endless golf. And you'll get, you know, Ed, you'll say something and it will just, somebody will take it the wrong way. And maybe they have yeah. like low reading comprehension. And it's because, you know, the American school systems are bad and, and everything else. It's not even necessarily their fault. But they will attack you or me. And here's the thing. When it comes down to it, uh, uh, when it comes down to it, I, I am a leftist, okay? I believe in healthcare. I believe that workers should have power yeah. in their lives. I believe people should be able to make a living wage. I believe, you know, X, Y, and Z, all these things that are just very obvious truths about human animals living together, you know, whether it's 325 million of them in America or seven seven 7.5 or whatever billion of them living in the world, everybody should have equal rights and healthcare and, and all this, right? The issue is that the folks who are committed to like rooting out these little violators of the social code will go after folks like you and me because they see us as easily influenced because we have empathy. Yeah. They're we don't not want to go anyone. after deplorable. We're not going to go after deplorable Kathy 25. And so what it ends up in, as is that there's people who are exerting power. Yeah. And there, and this is a very common response to feeling powerless is that, you know, you feel powerless for whatever reason. And, you know, there's a hundred reasons for people to feel disempowered in their lives or, or in society or in their job or online or anything else. But, they will come after us because they think they can come after us and we are going to have a response that that is going to entertain what they say because we are like leftist enough. We are sympathetic. We are empathetic enough where we're going to say, I understand where you where you're coming from and I'm sorry. Whereas if they come after deplorable Kathy and they say deplorable Kathy, I think what you are doing is you're stigmatizing mental health deplorable Kathy's going to be like Trump is God. And like, that's going to be it. There's going to be no action. There's yeah. going to be no conversation. And, and so really what I think is a lot of the times, and it's unfortunate because there's folks out there who have a lot of energy and they want to do something good, but they tend to focus on people who are on their side. And that's like the whole crap ass thing. And that's, and that's, you know, other people, who believe in the same shit as you, Ed, getting mad at you because they think you phrased something the wrong way. You're not out there using slurs. You're not out there uh, uh, being a misogynist. You're not. You're not out there doing anything but 
you know, trying to communicate your viewpoint. And you can't always put all of the shit you need into a little message. And so I, I think this comes back to what we've been saying, which is that this mode of communication, if you look at it from the outside, it's almost designed to drive people insane. It's designed to make you, it's designed to make you hate and separate yourself from people you agree with, which is fucking insane because I, I live in a swing state. Right. And it's 50% Republicans, 50% Democrats, you know, it goes up or down by one or two points. You know, Ohio determines the election. Uh, Beautiful state. Not a lot of people have been here. Not a lot of people appreciate it. It is what it is. I love it. So, you know, in Ohio, you can go and you can have a pleasant conversation with your neighbor and your neighbor might be a fucking Republican. You know what? I have neighbors who are Republicans and they're fucking nice because I don't talk to my neighbors like I'm on Twitter. Okay, my neighbors right now have a sign in their yard that says Steve Stivers, many of them. Okay, he's the Republican representative for District 5, which is where I live. He's a piece of shit. I don't like Steve Stivers. I'm not going to go yell at the fucking guy who's my neighbor. Okay, because this is real life. And this is what I was talking about with looking at people in the eye and talking to them face to face and actually making a human connection. And you know what? I have a neighbor who's a fucking gun lord. Okay, he's a fucking pistol guy. He put signs out on his lawn last Halloween two Halloweens ago now, because it's 2018, that said, crooked Hillary, lock her up, all this. And you know what? He tried to give me a fucking job because he thought I was unemployed because he saw me walking around at noon. He's a fucking, you know, these people have all these opinions. And you've got these people on the left, okay? These people who are, whether they're Hillary Democrats or they're DSA or they're leftists or they're Bernie bros or whatever, you've got everybody and they're yelling at their fucking brothers and sisters. Yeah. And it's so fucking stupid because they're doing that because they think they can get a bigger reaction. And this is really the tragedy of online is that if people could get over their stupid shit, where if you say something the wrong way, look, if I look, I, I'm not a fucking misogynist. I'm definitely not a racist. I, I'm not a homophobe. You know, I think everybody's equal and I'm a fucking nihilist. So I don't think anything matters anyway. But look, if, if somebody's going to come after me because I make a joke about reading books in a bookstore or something and somebody comes after me because they think I'm fucking sexist. You know what you need to do is you need you need to leave your fucking house. You need to go have a nice conversation with the fucking gun guy down the street who has signs in his yard that says shoot Hillary in her fucking ass or whatever they say in their yard. Right? And you need to realize that that most of the world doesn't live in this fucking bubble. In that what you're doing is you're spinning your wheels and you're alienating yourself. And ultimately, what you're trying to do, all these people who are out there arguing and trying to do this stuff, they're trying to exert this force. And all they're doing is they're spinning their wheels and they're alienating themselves from people who actually would form friendships with them and would give them some sort of emotional support. 
And, and you know, in, instead of attacking me, you know, I fucking know people who, who have depression and anxiety. You know what I'm saying? In, yeah. Instead of attacking you, Ed, people should, should talk to you and, and, you know, if they think you've got privilege or resources or something, they should talk to you and say, you know, how, how can we work together? And that's the weird thing as well. Like Twitter does not reward that. Social media and online does not reward anything that we are talking about. It does not reward you or me being nice to anyone. It does not reward fucking like anything. It doesn't reward any of it. Let's just be completely honest. There's nothing rewarding about Twitter. There we go. End of episode. No, no, it's, um, (laughs) there is this weird thing where, Twitter is basically rewarding either agreeing with people or disagreeing with people. It doesn't really do anything else. There is nothing else that yeah. I don't think that Twitter, I mean, there is something really like you and I mount it. There is a positive there. There are some really positive things. I love that. It's great. I met a really good friend. However, <laughs> um, we are in this weird situation where for the most part, People on Twitter are there to yell at people about their opinions or try and somehow convince other people of something else or monetize it. It's most people, most people are just like not their actual solution or thoughts are just basically, oh, I'm just going to argue with this person until they agree or they just block me. And that is a victory. I had my victory. I, I have convinced I've convinced this person to log off because you know what that <laughs> that was that was my goal the whole time was just upset them to log off and I get it it's really funny when you do that and someone really stupid does something really fucking dumb and you get them to log off that's great that's fine that's like funny but actually gaming for that is really weird and I feel like none of this social you talk about all right going out and meeting talking to people that you wouldn't otherwise talk to like it's so true because honest to god I just really feel like no one wants to talk to anyone remotely disagreeing. And I'm not talking about, oh, you should go and speak to a racist and become friends with them. I always thought it was a really fucking myopic, stupid fucking thing to say. I always thought that was really dumb. But it's this weird thing where like everything is so judged that the subjects you talk about, people are mad at like DS, like I've been because I make good money and people know that. Um, I've been directly told that like people have been told to not speak to me because I make good money and that's like anti-socialist. And then someone else was like, "No, Ed's a class traitor." And it's really weird because, man, I do not remember when I was growing up thinking about like any of these things. I didn't have to think about this well, ever. It, it- I didn't think about like it was a bad like it's bad if you're a shithead to people well and and you know the thing is is that when you have something that encourages antisocial behavior all you're doing is you're reinforcing the antisocial behavior and you know i i can't you know it's it's very hard for people and and one of the themes that I see reinforced online over and over again is people are just generally completely fucking scared of other people. Oh yeah. Just genuinely afraid. Just you know people in apartment buildings 
who, if they hear their neighbor out in the hall, they will wait until their neighbor walks down the hall and walks all the way out of the building and leaves rather than talk to their neighbor because they're literally afraid of, of having a conversation with another person. And it's not, I mean, I'm not a social scientist. I can't say, you know, why people have this kind of behavior. I can't say whether or not people have always been that way. I do know that if you say that, that people will really identify with that. And so here's the question is, you know, it are we reinforcing this behavior that's ultimately unhealthy? Because I, I'll tell you, and, you know, I'm, I'm an outlier, okay? I'm not, I'm going to be totally honest, I'm not an introvert. I'm not a shy person. Um, and I like to uh, gamble. I like to take risks. Yeah. And I like to do different things. I'm novelty seeking, yeah. which can be bad. Oh, God, but, yeah. I mean, know, I didn't get a really big client again, because they saw me tweet something they didn't like. Like, that is a great example of just right, a big mistake right. I made. Just not a good idea. <laughs> not great. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, so, uh, and you know, I'm not a good judge of it, but I feel like, um, you know, when I moved here and I... I my wife and I got, again, we got very lucky because the market cratered, uh, which was horrible for most people like we talked about before. Yeah. Um, and there was a first time home buyer's bonus, whatever, whatever. So we got this house on the cheap and we bought it. So we quit renting and all this. And, uh, you know, explaining to a to a mortgage lender that you like sell T-shirts online is <laughs> way yeah. harder than you would think it would be. Oh, no, no. But yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, um, and something I I have done is uh, right when I moved in, I went around and um, I saw my neighbors, and whenever I saw them, I would go up and talk to them. Like I said, I'm I'm very lucky in that I'm not shy. I'm not an introverted person, um, and so and, and I'm very sorry if if this causes people like not to. Uh, not to have any sympathy or not to feel like they have anything in common with me. It's just, I'm very novelty seeking and I don't have um, any kind of threshold. What is the thing? Uh, uh, I'm very impulsive. Yeah. I guess is the word. Um, and so I'll think of something and I'll just do it because fuck it. What's going to happen? Like in case it, 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 unless it kills me, like fuck it. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I went around and so my theory was that, I need to go around because I'm like a weird guy. I work on the internet, whatever. Um, I need to go around and I need to talk to my neighbors because I don't ever want to be described on the news as, oh, he was a quiet guy. He kept to himself. Well, I mean, <laughs> like that's, that's, that's <laughs> suggesting you're going to do the murders. <laughs> I don't think that that was, that's the I don't know what, what uh, we'll cut that out in post. Like, <laughs> no i i'm not no i'm not uh uh i'm not gonna murder anybody that's ridiculous i that's, think they bought it you know why would you yeah why no. would you ever right because that's <laughs> like first of all it's illegal and um i hate cops and that brings the cops around and it's like now you gotta talk to cops so. them again <laughs> always with the law stuff anyway anyways no i i know what you mean and it's it's very strange how 
there, there's all the song and dance about. Oh yeah, it's uh, the uh, I've learned I've you've this community of millions and all that bullshit. No, it's not a community of millions. It's absolutely no. It's a tiny community. It's narrow. The big accounts that make it seem like you have access to just like all internet. When you thought you had access to all these people, actually you didn't. You had nothing. You never had access to them. You never had access to fucking Norm MacDonald or Louis C.K. or anyone else with a Twitter account who was famous. Like, you never had that. That's never been, right. never really been right. a time. Maybe they retweet you, but they create this false familiarity to make it seem because they feel like they have to do something, whatever. And there's occasionally the magical story of when that's you actually do meet them. No one is actually socializing online. And every time we no, think we no, have got not. close to one of these people or got close to anyone, for the most part, with a few exceptions, you being one of them, I'd say, for the most part, people that I thought like liked me or like were friends online, it's just like, I've had to tell myself, it's like, eh, well, realistically, like 99% of the time, this person is not going to care if I live all day. Like they'll care, I guess, but probably not that much. Probably not. Let's be honest. Well, I I think no, and I think it's about the the you know the accumulation of numbers and and all this and that. I think a lot of people, you know, if if you follow them and you've got I don't know how many people you have on your Twitter thirty two, uh, but if you follow them or you reach right, right, right. So if you follow them or you retweet them or whatever, people think about your your value in terms of what you can do for them and this is very like how to make friends and influence people dale carnegie right yeah but it, at the same time it's it just unfortunately lays bare the reality of communicating online which is that uh you know it feels trite to say but social media ha- has nothing to do with socialization it has nothing to do with people communicating with each other and i i really honestly think that having the open text box and inviting everybody to type their reactions to stuff like whatever they want to say what a horrible idea and you know it's so it's so fucking hard because there might be a kid out there who who is 13 or 14 and they're really fucking funny and and they're a nice person right they have a good soul and they want to make jokes and they make people laugh and people really love them and you can't say that you know this barrier to entry should be raised because of the fucking nazis because of deplorable kathy because of the reply guys because of of the the liberals who will tell you that you're sexist because you said uh, a hole in panties is to poop through. You know, you can't raise this barrier of entry because you keep out the these very few and far between just fucking magical people who really actually do make people laugh, really do improve everybody's lives. And, and I, I don't know any way of combing through it but I think that the empty box, having a reply button and having an empty box below everything I write, if I were not absolutely studious about keeping my notifications turned off, keeping my alerts turned off, only accepting messages from people I follow, all this, 
uh, it would drive me crazy because I honestly believe that the human brain is not meant to consider the opinions of 50,000 people simultaneously or 30,000 people or, or 5,000. You know, once you hit a certain threshold, you are in in crazy making territory where you've got so many people simultaneously vying for your attention, trying to get a reaction out of you, trying to say something to impress you that it's just absolutely indecipherable. And then you've got people who are your peers who are mixed in. You've got other like 30 year old guys who have like made it through the irony wars and they are like <laughs> the, the bean dog wars and, and of 2004. You know what I'm Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you've got these guys who are who are your peers and who are on the level and it's so fucking hard to like make connections with people because there's so much noise in the signal that is just uh, just all fucking garbage. And I think and the people who get and I, I think being more empathetic yeah, I, than I actually feel I am at times, I think that this is all, you've touched upon something there where a lot of what's going on, a lot of all of this, and the reason that I think a lot of these, the ones who are really keyed in, the Johnny Sons, the Dogrities, the fucking, like, what, they're so much worse, by the way, than, like, Guy's Notes or, like, Unilad or any of the ones who steal content because at least those are like honest that they're trying to make money like I respect that they right like right. sure and but I think what it is is there is a desperation about online that this quantification keeps it's not really just that open box where you can put whatever shitty ideas you have it's about this idea of how like your first thought on this platform, and I wish they would remove the follower count as much as I like mine. I don't think it's a good thing to in, like kind of encourage. Um, I really feel like the desperation is what is going on here. The desperation to fit in. It's like they have Twitter has successfully and Facebook to an extent right at the beginning, at least has created this very negative, your entire thing on Twitter is how do I get popular? How do I get people reading the shit I say? Not, yeah. hey, yeah. does anyone care about wives? It's how do I get them to read more of it? You know what? If you're a writer, you make something, that's fine. I actually fully, I actually respect that. That's your job. Like, that's your fucking job. Fine with me. I'm actually happy for you. But I would say a lot of what the, what Twitter rewards and the success on Twitter rewards is just, quote-unquote, getting big. And big is really relative. It could be 5,000 or 10,000 followers. But if those followers are big enough, they will give you that that retweet that makes whatever happen. I think that the reward system of Twitter in particular, the quantification here is how do you get big? How do you turn that big thing into something? I remember someone who I will not name or describe because if I described even their gender, they'd know who I mean. Someone who is no longer on Twitter anymore. Um, they tweeted yeah. at me after they tweeted a video of their like their jobs AR video, but they were being videoed in it and they were like scared of an AR game. 
or something like that or some ocular shit. They texted me or email. I can't remember how they contacted me, but they were like, how do I monetize this? Just the first fucking reaction. I said, it's a, I, I like was speechless. I sat there with my phone in my hands, just like, what do I fucking say here? Also, why is this your first thought? Because that's what Twitter is like. How do I step on this corpse to get to another treat? How do I make myself bigger through this? And there are other people who are great. Nothing is funnier to me, by the way, than seeing the death of Favstar. Because those people are just fucking terrible. The people with Favstar in the profile. Favstar is funny to look at the numbers, but these are the people who every day were doing joke after joke after joke. And it wasn't even like a stand-up thing. It was just like the most aggressively basic, like, how can I make one joke for all people? And when someone steals that joke, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to attack them with all I have. You stole my video of Jurassic Park, but R. Kelly's singing over it. Like, how dare you? Or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, okay, there is, there's this desperation of how do I get more followers? How do I get more? How do I get people to read a thing I just said? I want people to read something that I said. And that is a very human thing. You want to fit in. But fitting in on Twitter is getting a lot of reactions from people you like or getting people mad that you hate, I guess, is another part. But I think a lot of it is just doing things to represent yourself in a way that will increase your chances of engagement with someone else, of getting people excited about what you're saying so they can look and go, God damn, you're smart. And... Jesus Christ, it's not the comedians, even though the five star guy is failing, he's very funny. It's like most people, like those self care, the people who get real preachy about like self care and mental health. On one hand, it's like there are some who it's like, fine, like I actually believe you're trying to do a good thing, actually having a discussion about this. Then there are the people who are like, you're talking about this in a way where you're trying to make yourself seem better. You're doing this as a calculated way of improving your personality so more people follow you so that you can get a position doing something. There's always something. That end goal of it is so transparent in some people. And when people don't have an end goal, they just want more numbers. It's weird. Like you said, it is like a weird fucking MMO. Oh yeah, and it's and it's the it's like a it, it's such an abusive MMO because if you play Warcraft, which is a World of Warcraft, I played which the is shit like out of traditionally it. the most. Right, right. It's the most abusive MMO just because it's so. Large oh no, no, no! And, the most abusive ones. So much. I can actually flip this on you. The most abusive ones are the completely PvP oh, okay. open okay. ones where anyone can hit anyone. Okay. Those are the most abusive ones. Okay. And they are like the career. I am. No, but it it matches your point, I think. No, I'm dude. I, no, I totally accept it. I'm I'm not a gamer. Like that's my viewpoint of it is like people who do Warcraft like that has got to be the worst. But like Twitter, it, it to me, Twitter is worse than a PVP because because you know, you go in, you've got your guy, he has his sword and you have your armor and shit. And, you know, somebody comes in and crushes you, you know, he might be hacking it or, or he might just play the game all the time and have all the best shit or whatever. But nobody is going to fucking attack 
the core of your being yeah on warcraft like somebody might somebody might insult you they might be like your armor sucks or somebody might come in and somebody might say something wildly offensive but here's the thing and and i i know we probably got to wrap this up soon but uh i i think the thing is that it comes back to is that like you said everything is recorded everything is quantized on twitter and everybody now has this completely transparent crystalline record of everything that everybody has said and so nobody can come in on warcraft and just fucking destroy you and be like nobody ever kills you can't you get warcraft a job you can't get a job about. anymore <laughs> Right, dude, exactly, exactly. Nobody ever fucks you up on Warcraft and then makes it so you can't get hired. Yeah. That's exactly Well, they it. can, is but they t- they this, use Twitter to do is... it. Right. <laughs> right. And and I think to wrap it up as as well is this is ultimately these ideas they all come back to this core of the Twitter, I don't believe, maybe it was right at the beginning, I don't believe deep down Twitter is a discussion platform. And I think it is the numbers. If you remove those numbers, shit, if you removed likes in general, if you remove the note, other than having people talk to you, if you remove the notifications, I think that, I mean, I say this almost hurting in sex, I'm like, where would I get my treat? But it would be better or if likes were private, like only you could see them. That would be, well, maybe you shouldn't be able to see them at all. This idea where you take away this, you take away the reward for being, for doing shit to get out there quite as much. People who are always going to self-promote will do that. They're just always going to do that the whole rest of their lives. But you will ultimately, I believe there will be less of this craven fucking shit, this craven, like how can I monetize this and this? And I think that actually that'll probably lead into our next episode, just the, just the monetization of everything. <laughs> the, just the, the gaming of the system. And, uh, Ed, it was awesome talking to you as always. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Um, and, and let's do this again next week. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, everybody, if you're listening to this and and you're this far into it, thank you so much for listening. Uh, look, I'm going to give you a treat. Delicious. Uh, for next week, Ed, um, you know, this is basically a little known fact. Actually, I don't I think very few people know this. I've been running a social experiment online. Yeah. Regarding. Regarding the. Uh, the quantization of user feedback. I've been running it. It has several hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've basically been um, experimenting on them. It's like a little fishbowl of people. I've been experimenting on them for five yeah. years. I've drawn some, some really fucking insane conclusions from running this but i'm not going to talk about it now it's the end of the episode maybe we'll talk about it next time if you're listening to this uh god, god bless, bless you, you and thank you and uh we will we'll be back uh, next we'll week talk I think. about the fishbowl maybe in a future episode what yeah next week next week thank you so much man have a good day everyone 